Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka. And with me today, I am very excited because we've got Tim Urich from Tier One Capital. And we're going to be talking about harnessing the power of business debt. And Tim, welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Damon. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you said something before we got on. It's not how you use your money, it's or, or what you buy, it's how you pay for it. So I, I think that's that's gonna be a fun conversation we're gonna have. Well, uh yeah. So <laughs> what what we found is that if you really want to improve your bottom line, if you really want to improve your cash flow, and if you really want to improve your access to capital. The thing that's holding you back, you know, as business owners, we always feel that there's nothing, there's not a problem that more sales can't solve. True? Mm-hmm. Yep. What I found is while that may be true, sometimes the key component is always how you're using your capital. And just think about this, as business owners, we work so damn hard to make a profit. And it's not easy. I don't care yeah. what business you're in. It might look easy to the outsider, but if you're a business owner, you know damn well it's not easy because you're juggling marketing, sales, operations, production, accounting, you name it, right? Then, yeah. then you're putting out fires because this employee is arguing with that employee. And, you know, it's like you're a referee sometimes. So, yep. you know, we all know how hard it is to juggle the demands of owning and running a business. But on top of that, what I found is we shoot ourselves in the foot by the way we freely give away our capital. And I call that wealth transfers. And those wealth transfers were, were committing unknowingly and unnecessarily. Unknowingly means we don't realize it. Because let's face it, there's not a person on this podcast that's listening that would wake up in the morning and say, hey, how can I screw myself up financially today? Yeah. But. We're, we have been conditioned to accept as normal by the institutions we're dealing with, the banks, the investment firms, the insurance companies, the government, large corporations that we deal with, to use our money in a way that benefits them to our detriment. And I've cracked the code on that. And 
we our our mission is to get that that knowledge out there to as many people as possible very cool so tim let's let's go back let's back up a little bit and kind of talk about how you got into doing this because i mean we don't just wake up one day and and say i'm going to teach people how they're going to use their money differently and and you don't wake up understanding that what you just said about we're using money in a way that benefits the financial institutions rather than ourselves. Yeah. So let's start back and kind of talk about how this all began. You know, that's a great question. Uh, so what we, so my background is in, in is in financial services. I have a degree, mm -hmm. a degree in economics and, you know, I got into financial services and the financial services industry is really, really good at identifying problems and showing you how to solve those problems. For example, you want to set up an exit strategy for your business. Okay, this is what you're going to have to put away in order to be in a position to, to have that exit. Um, you have key people that you want to incentivize to keep around. Well, this is what it's going to cost to keep them. You have a, some business partners. You want to set up a succession, a succession plan. This is what it's going to cost to fully fund that buyout in the event of somebody wants to basically just leave or they die or become disabled. So we know what the problems are. We know how to pinpoint those problems. We know what the cost of those problems are. Then we turn to the business owner and say, hey, Mr. Business Owner, it's going to cost $250,000 a year to solve this problem. And he looks at you like, are you kidding me? If I had $250,000, you wouldn't be here today. And that's the problem. Nobody's showing the business owner how to find the money within their current cash flow without interrupting their current lifestyle, without having to increase revenue, or without having to decrease expenses. And that's sort of the special sauce that I found. So to answer your question, I came in through financial services, and I was really good at pinpointing problems, and I was laying out the, the cost of these solutions, and I'm getting these looks from these business owners like, you know, what's wrong with you? I don't have that kind of money. And then I figured out, well, okay, let me take a look at your finances. If I could find the money to solve this problem, what would you do? Well, my gosh, I'd, you know, I'd do the problem. I, I'd solve the problem. But I'm going to tell you, my CPA and my in-house uh, finance guy tell me that we're already using our money efficiently. Yeah, you are according to conventional wisdom. But let me take a look. So we take a look, we go back, we say, okay, here, you need $200,000, here's two fifty. Well, how did you do that? Well, it's right here. And we look at five areas, taxes, how they're paying for their real estate, how they're funding their retirement, how they're paying for their children's college education, and finally, how they're making, and this is the big one, how they're making major capital purchases. 
And that's when we found out that it's not what you buy, it's how you pay for it that matters. And with a simple shift, you can control more money, more cash flow, and more importantly, you know, we always say whoever controls your cash flow controls your life. And it's, it's so now if you're in control of your cash flow, you're in control of your life, whether that's to set up your exit for business mm-hmm. succession or just to, to have a better lifestyle. So these were the things that we found. And I can give you, do you want me to give you a couple examples of how we yeah. have some? Yeah, so, that'd be great. Uh, out here on the East Coast, there's a company. Um, it was a retail business. And what happened was they were there were five siblings that worked in this business for another regional uh, retail business. And that regional company sold out to a national entity. And that national entity looked at their the the business the 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 various locations that they had purchased and determined that certain locations were just not large enough to Mm -hmm. justify you know running that operation so it just so happened that these four siblings or these five siblings all worked in that one in one location that got closed down so Mm -hmm. now They've been working in this industry for about, well, anywhere between 10 and 15 years. Hmm. And now they're out of a job. And it was the only thing they knew from their, for their business career. So they did a uh, market feasibility study and saw that there was a need for a retail store in this particular neighborhood. So they went about, they went out and they, they got a bank to buy into their dream and they financed, they put up, the bank put up $2 million and they used it to capitalize their business. And then they, by having uh, the business capitalized, they were able to sell enough inventory to generate a profit and then take the profit and pay off the debt. And as you would imagine, they got so good at it that they paid off a 20-year note in eight years. So now they're thinking, hey, we hit the lottery. So they increased their their uh, wages and, and, you know, did did other things. And about two or three years later. They did another feasibility study and found out that there was. The the local area could stand to have another store. So they went out and now think about it. They didn't have any access to capital. So what did they do? They went back to the bank, hat in hand, and said, hey, can we please have more money? We want to we wanna open up a second location. And the bank said, sure, absolutely. So now fast forward, they're into that second store about eight or nine years. One of the partners gets sick and they need to buy him out. But they don't have the cash or the cash flow to do that. Then... Now, this is almost 20 years into mm-hmm. their, their business uh, history or their business journey. And none of them have any financial security. Yeah. And they realized that when this one brother got sick, 
well, gosh, if, if this happens to me, I don't know if the business can support this. So that's where I came in. They wanted business succession. They wanted to pay for this one brother to be bought out. And they also wanted financial security. They wanted an exit strategy for the other four partners. So with my business training, my, my industry training, what do I do? I say, okay, here's what it's going to cost. And it was $300,000, 25 grand a month. And I looked to the CFO, we were meeting in our conference room. I looked to the CFO and the CFO said, I said, I said to her, uh, how much money can you get your hands on, on a monthly basis? And she said, if we really tighten our belt, we could probably come up with five grand a month. I said, well, it's going to cost 25 grand a month. Yeah. And now the four partners are sitting there saying, well, we can't do this. Again, having looked at their finances and their financials, I said, well, what if I were to tell you that you already have the money within your current cash flow? It's just being used inefficiently. And, and their reaction, Damon, was, how could that be? Our CPA says, you know, we're doing everything right. I said, oh, okay. Well, if you're doing everything right, how come you can't buy out your brother? How much, mm -hmm. how much money can you get your hands on right now? They did, they, at the time, they did $40 million in sales. How much of that money can you get your hands on right now? It was less than $50,000. Wow. So I said, but I could find it in your, in your cash flow. Okay, show us. And here's all we did. Most business owners, well, so, so here's how I set it up. I said, okay, when you opened your first location, did you have the money to finance that? No. So what'd you do? We went to the bank. What bank did you use? They told us the bank. They told me the bank. I said, okay. You paid that off in eight years. Yeah. Okay. When you opened the second location, what bank did you use? And they said, the same bank. And th this was the question that sort of opened their eyes. Whose money did they give you to, to finance the second location? And I just heard crickets in the boardroom. And after, it seemed like a long time, but it was probably, I don't know, 12 or 15 seconds. The president of the company bangs his fist on the table and says, those son of a guns, he goes, those son of a guns, they gave us our own money back and charged us interest and fees in order to do it. He said, what do we got to do to fix this? I said, real simple. All your debt's going to be paid off in six years. Let's extend the amortization schedule to 10 years. And within four and a half years, if you do this, you'll have enough cash to pay off the remaining um, five and a half years left on the amortization schedule, if you want. But I would tell you, don't do that. Just keep keep paying it at that rate and put more, more money away. And that's what we did. We freed up not $20,000 per month, $35,000 per month. And that was enough to pay for everything. Now here's, here's the back story to that. Because we changed their paradigm on how they were using their money right now, 
this company that couldn't put their hands on $50,000 maybe seven or eight years ago, <laughs> they're sitting on $7 million of cash. Mm-hmm. And they're doing, they already bought out another partner and they're, they're, they're preparing. They have three more partners to, uh, you know, to buy out and they're way ahead of schedule. So the point is, it's not, we call this the financial golf swing. It's not where your money is. It's how you're using your money, right? So how we made this golf analogy was the financial services industry sells products. Those products are the equivalent of golf clubs. But nobody's okay. teaching you how to use those golf clubs. And that's what we do for our clients. We show them how to use their money in a more efficient way so that they have more control of their cash flow, more access to their capital, and they can fund the initiatives that need to be funded. So with that particular company, they were able to buy out the, the brother, set up financial security for the other four partners, an exit strategy, and now they're not saddling the, the next generation, which is poised to take over with unnecessary debt. It's, it, it's really, and, it, and none of this, Damon, had any impact on their current lifestyle, on their current expenses, or they didn't have to increase their revenue in order to do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you've, you've helped people do this, and this is a great example of how it can get their cash flow better and, and really without changing their lifestyle, as you said. What are some of the things that you've learned from the traditional banks and everything else as they see this happening? What are, what are, what are, what are they telling these people? Okay. So, again... They have the financial institutions have conditioned us to accept as normal something that is not normal for us. It's actually against our best interest, but it's in the best interest of those institutions. Let mm -hmm. me give you an example. There's a lot of factors that you should consider when you're taking a loan from a bank. Yeah. But we have been trained to consider one factor and one factor only when we're shopping for money. What is it? The payment, the terms, the interest rate, the interest rate, right? Yeah. So the conversation goes something like this. You want to get a loan, a business loan, a car loan, whatever, a mortgage. This is the rate. Okay. Then you bang your, your fist on the, on the desk and you say, my family's been doing business with this bank for 30 years. This is an insult that you're charging me six and a half percent. I want a better rate. Why? Because that's the way they, the bank trained us. They trained mm -hmm. us to shop for rates and it's not the rate that's killing us. It's the cash flow. So here's what the bank says to you. Well, Damon, well, we we could we can give you a five and a half percent interest rate. 
on this, let's say it's a car loan. But instead of paying it off in five years, you have to pay it off in four. And then you say, okay, that's a deal. And then you look at your wife and you say, see that, honey? I got us a better rate. And the bank is the banker's laughing and he's saying, okay, Damon, we're going to give it to you our way. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's the key. They're going to give it to you our way. And their way is... Now, they want to get their money back quicker. Why? Because mm-hmm. then they could turn it around, turn it over, and loan it again. Mm-hmm. So they take our eye off the ball because if we kept our eye on the ball, we would be more concerned about cash flow. Yeah. But they focus us on the interest rate. So our mm-hmm. eye is off the ball, and then all of a sudden, we're making foolish, foolish decisions. Another thing. So here's another thing. We had another business. It was a trucking business and they paid cash for all their trucks. And those trucks are not, they're they're not cheap. Oh yeah. So um, what they would do is they would pay cash and then start putting money away after that. And then in three years, buy another truck and they kept turning, you know, they would turn their fleet over they would keep their 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 trucks for about six or seven years, uh, trade them in when they got six, seven years old. And then, but they paid cash all the time. And I was explaining to this business owner, they needed, so here's another company, they needed to fund an, uh, a, a succession plan. It was two partners. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, here's what it's going to cost. It was, I don't know, it was like $80,000 a year. And they're like, well, we don't, we don't have that kind of money. I said, well, if I could find the money within your current cash flow, what, what would you do? Well, we would fund this plan. I said, okay, I found the money. Here it is. And it was real simple. I said, instead of buying a truck every three years and paying cash, what if we financed and paid it off in five years? That would free up enough cash flow. It was about $6,500 per month. Yeah. That you would have to come up with about 500 bucks a month to fund this succession plan. Oh, my God. How do we do it? Where do we sign up? But it's just, it's just a change in how you do things. And again, I mean, I love talking about this because this is a, what I do every day. And it's so amazing when you, I I mean, we literally see the light bulb go on for people Mm -hmm. and, and they, and they realize it. It's not like they're saying, okay, I trust you. And I hope this works out. They're seeing results the very next month yeah. because now they got, they got their hands on more and more of their cash flow and more and more of their hard earned profits. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. It does. Because if you're, if you're using your money, right, like you said, you can use your money more wisely. The same hundred dollars because it's not put into, you know, it's not going here when it really doesn't need to be going here and I can allocate it someplace else. It's yeah. 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 And this is especially, you know, we run into a lot of business, like you said, like a trucking business. Well, we have no debt. We have no debt. Well, how much, you know, what, what's outside? Well, we'd have no debt. You know, they haven't really taken the time to think about what that decision 
you know, by buying all your equipment with cash, by doing everything, paying your, paying your vendors, uh, you know, right when you get the bill, even that's just a simple thing. And, and these kind of things where you, that, that the way you use your money, as you said, can affect how you're doing these things so tremendously. So we, we call, so when I meet some, I love to talk to people who, who pay cash for everything because so, and, and why do they do that? People who pay cash pay cash because they hate paying interest. And they're so obsessed about what they see. So when they go to buy a car or a truck or a piece of equipment or whatever, and they get the, the financing estimate and it says, okay, this $50,000, well, I'll use something I know, I know the rates on. This $30,000 car, you're going to pay back $4,000 in interest. So they're so focused on the interest that they're going to pay and it tears them apart. Yeah. So what, what do they do? They say, I'm not paying interest. I'm going to pay cash. What they don't see is that if they were earning the same amount of, well, even less interest. So a 6% loan on a $30,000 purchase would have a payment of 566 per month for, for 60 months. So you're going to pay back $4,000 in interest, 3398 or something that like that in interest. But if you could earn 4% on your money, just 4%, you would earn $5,200 in interest. I, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's, yeah. it's about $5,000. So you're all torn up about paying, about paying $4,000 in interest. And because you don't see the interest you're not earning, it doesn't bother you that you're, you're, you're giving up $5,000 in interest. It doesn't make sense. And this is what we show folks, that there's a difference between compound interest that grows on an increasing balance and amortized yeah. interest that's paid yes. on a declining balance. That's why you can pay less interest at a lower interest rate, at a higher interest rate than you would have earned on a lower interest rate compounding. And so this is what we we sort of, the, the light we shed or we shine on how they're using their money. That's really cool. That's really cool. So you had the example with the, the five siblings where they were able to buy themselves out, uh, buy the other partners out, save the money, do the kind of things, you know, that was a $40 million business. Now that's a lot of people don't have $40 million businesses. Yeah. When you look across the United States, you know, the, I think it's something like the average business has less than 25 employees, like 80 or 90% of them do. So what, what are some, some things that they might want to think about? That's a great question. So I, I shared with you in the pre-call, uh, we had a, a, a client who owned a repair garage, a, an auto repair garage. And uh, he was saving money and we, we sort of fast-tracked him about eight, 10 years ago. And he was able to put aside a little over one point eight million dollars now this guy had the money in his cash flow he always had the wherewithal to do that he was just using his money inefficiently paying cash he was another one he was a big cash payer 
And when we showed him how that was holding him back, he made some changes. Well, about uh, almost a year ago, he was able to sell his business for twice what his best offer was previously. And he was able to do it because he didn't need the sale of that business to be the crown jewel of his retirement. He had a lot of money set aside because of what we had, we had put, you know, the, the plans that we had put into effect for him. And then he was able to sell his business, get wait for a really good offer. And he sold his business. And now they're in a really strong position financially because their financial, their retirement or their financial security wasn't predicated solely on the sale of their business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this was, this was a less than a million dollar business for sure. Wow. That's something. That's something. So you've seen this happen over and over, helping people do this. Um, what is the thing that you just makes you giggle about doing this? This makes <laughs> you just happy. So here's the deal. I'm a poor kid from Wyoming, Pennsylvania. And it it just tickles me to death to say to see that you know these I, I could go into a boardroom and I'm not intimidated. I can I can go into and sit down with with the legal team and the and the the finance team and hold my own against them. And I'm not me I'm not meaning to make them look bad, but they're not prepared because they're thinking they're the way they think is not in literally not in their client's best interest, the things that they're they're recommending. And I go in incredibly well prepared so that when we're making these recommendations, we're not just saying, hey, we freed up X amount of money where it's we freed up X amount of money. Here's the areas we did it. And these are all the reasons why this is where you're losing control. And these are all the reasons why this is where you're losing control. So we're we're not. And, and I, I will tell you, I had one one CPA of, of a client of mine came up to me after the meeting that he was brought in and he wasn't brought in to refute anything. He was just brought in to say, okay, does this make sense? And I'll never forget. He said, I'm embarrassed. And I said, why? And he said, I should have known this. And I, I said to him, Brian, that was his name. I said, Brian, is there anything that I presented today that you didn't know? He said, no. And I said, all this was is my, my training and focus versus your training and focus. Your training and focus is on one is in one area. My training and focus is on a little bit of a broader scope. We don't lo only look at saving our client taxes today. We look at saving taxes everywhere along the way prospectively. And I said, your, your focus is on making sure that he or she pays as little in taxes this year as possible. 
And we're looking at, we're more like a tax strategist. We're looking down the road. But as far as the cash flow is concerned, do we have any issues? He goes, oh, no, absolutely. That all makes sense. I said, I get it. But here's the problem. Now, when we extend the amortization schedule on our client's debt, does he get more or less tax deductions? He goes, less. I said, isn't that going to help him down the road? He goes, yeah, absolutely. And, and this is where I sort of, you know, and that my response to him was, then why are you recommending he, he be in a race to get out of debt? And he said, well, he wants to be debt free. I said, he wanted to be debt free because he didn't know that there was a better way. And mm -hmm. see, this is the issue. I, I think that at the end of the day, a lot of financial people, a lot of business people don't understand what debt is, right? So think of it this way. If I owe a million dollars and I don't have a million dollars, am I a debtor or a creditor? I owe a million dollars. I don't have a million dollars. Am I mm -hmm. a debtor or a creditor? I don't know. I don't I'm, know. You're a debtor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I owe a million dollars and I have a million dollars, am I a debtor or a creditor? Now, technically, you're, I'm a debtor. But you're but even. I, I could pay that off anytime yeah. I want. I see exactly what you're saying. And that's the power in financial preparedness. It's yeah. not financial preparedness. Financial security isn't paying off your debt. It's being in a position to do so if you so choose. And here's, so, so, so think about this. Interest rates have just risen. We're at the highest rates we've been in almost 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yet I have clients or prospects who come to me. I, I had this business owner in Oklahoma come to me about three weeks ago talking about wanting to pay off his mortgage on his home. He's got a rate of 2.25%. And I said, well, okay, if you do that, how much cash will you have? He goes, well, I'll, I'll use all my cash to pay it off. What if you need to buy a car? What if you need to, mm -hmm. what if, what if you want to expand your business? What if you need to buy additional equipment? What if you want to recruit a stud salesman? Where are you going to get the money? He goes, I'll borrow it. Do you know what interest rates are now? No. Well, I, I'll tell you on a business loan, it's about seven and a half, eight at the time it was yeah. seven and a half. It's, it's eight and a half percent now. Yeah. So I said to him, does it make sense to pay off two and a quarter percent debt only to borrow at seven and a half percent? He said, no. I said, why are we even talking about this? But again, this is just the focus that people have incorrect understanding of what debt is and what's good debt. And there's, there's also good debt and bad debt. So, you know, we, we have these discussions and here's the deal. Like we don't charge anything. And, and I, I have colleagues of mine that say, you know, you're giving away the store. Why are you doing that? This is just the way I do it. And, and, you know, so we'll do an analysis for a company, find out, free up 
all this money. Listen, if I'm if I'm the guy that's freeing up the money and you want to do a business succession plan or a big business exit strategy, or you just want to do some financial security for yourself, I would think that you're going to want to do it with the guy that knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah. Right. And, and that's so, and you know, that's the way we, we, we get in the door. So yeah, we give away the store, but I, I, I sleep really well at night knowing that I'm helping people. Yeah. What was the thing that surprised you the most about doing what you're doing? How logical it is. So yeah. everything we do is based on sound economic strategies, but yeah. So what, what I will tell you, the thing that surprises me is I'm swimming upstream against the marketing machines that are investment firms, insurance companies, banks, the government. Everybody's telling people to do, do things in a different way. And then these so-called financial gurus are telling people, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Okay, fine. But, you know, you're not going to have a good time doing it the way they recommend. I could tell you that. It's funny. There's a saying my mentor, uh, Nelson Nash, said to me one time. He said, Tim, when you have access to capital, opportunities will find you. And, Damon, you have no idea how mm -hmm. you know prescient that was. And I see it every day for myself. And I have clients that because they're sitting on so much cash and they have access to so much more of their cash flow, opportunities are coming across their desks at a rapid pace. And the, the great thing is like there was this one client of ours, he, you know, was frustrated that he didn't have many opportunities and the ones he did have he couldn't afford and now things that he would have jumped at he's turning his nose to because he knows there's better opportunities out there mm -hmm. and you know i always say like opportunities are like buses if you miss one there's going to be another one in a half hour and and sure sure enough that's the way it's been working so hopefully that makes yeah. sense but that's the thing that that sort of was was surprising Yep. Yep. We do have one. Uh, Mike Starcher, he has a question here. It's, yeah. He said he gets the idea of restructuring the way the company is using cash, restructure the cash flow, then look and buying out a partner. So, yeah, that's one of the things you you mentioned that earlier is talking about. That's how they did that in that other companies. Yeah. By yep. giving you the money to do the kind of things like that. But and and that's one of the one of the ways. But I think one of the things that you're really talking about, too, is when you look at how you're working and this is we run this all the time. One of the things we run into all the time with business owners is they want to grow. They think it's awesome because they're going to add on sales, but they don't understand that every dollar that they grow is going to take some money to grow. They don't really think that. It's either inventory, it's equipment, it's AR, it's there's all kinds of cash it takes to grow. And I think what you're talking about is so cool because if I'm that same person and I'm buying my equipment for buying my trucks for cash, like your example, and that's 
I, every time I have enough cash, I'm just, I'm sure. Well, if I grow my business, it's taking cash too. But if I'm putting my money over here to buy my trucks in cash, I can't grow my business fast because I, that you run out of cash. There's no more cash right. at a certain point. And honestly, that clips the wings off of growth with a lot of companies if they don't have the cash to grow or, and because that just takes money to grow. Yeah. And what you're saying is an, is an excellent way to do that and help everything else you're trying to do as well. Like you said, it could be buying out a partner. It could be something else that you can do to really do it. And just like the, the example you said, you know, someone that's got a million dollars and a million dollars debt, are you a debtor or a creditor? Well, you're, you're really neither because you could pay it off when you want. And that's where the power is. And, and when people see that and listen, this is not this is not rocket science, is it? Right, and and that's the thing that that is sort of shocking is like it's so darn simple. Why don't people do it? But it, again, we do things. We've been I always say this: we've been conditioned to do things in a way that's not in our best interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, if people want to talk to you, Tim, where's the best place for them to find you? Is it uh, you know, on your website? Where, what's the what's the best place to find you guys? Yeah, they can go to our website. It's uh, www.tier1capital.com. And that's T-I-E-R, the digit one, C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. And we have a buyer's guide. Um this, the six cr critical questions to ask when looking for advice from uh, on succession and uh, executive benefit planning. And uh, if they go to tier1capital.com slash the faces of business, they could pick up that uh, free resource. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Tim, it's been it's been incredible getting to talk to you about this. And I know there's been people listening that that'll hopefully reach out if they don't understand, maybe rethink the way that they're looking at their debt and cash flow to really understand that looking at interest rates. I think it was amazing that piece that you talked about with the car and the compounding interest on the other side of it. And um, really something. So just thanks so much for being here today. Well, it's, it's again, it's been my pleasure and uh, really enjoyed this conversation. And, uh, you know, hopefully something hit with somebody. And if you have questions, listen, there's no cost or obligation. And I got to tell you, I'm not a high pressure guy. So, yeah, you know, my philosophy always has been if your final act is to hang yourself, what do you do for an encore? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I. You know, it's funny. My daughter works with me and she started, uh, she'll, she just started her ninth year with us. Oh, wow. And, uh, she, you know, she, when she came in, she was reading all these sales books and classes and stuff. And she goes, uh, daddy, you don't, you don't like, you don't close. I said, no, I know. And I said, well, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> and, yeah. and she said, well, you know, you're supposed to close. I said, listen, when people are ready, they'll do it. And we will just present it in a way that it's a logical step to do it. So, and I can't tell you how many times this has happened. I mean, it's a lot. So we make the presentation 
And then here's our close. The client says, okay, how do we get started? That's my close. Mm -hmm. And I think when you do things in a logical way, and listen, this doesn't happen overnight, right? This, this, our, yes. our process is, is <clears throat> there, there's a, it's highly educational. And because think about it, you've been doing things for 30, 40 years that these are habit, these are hard habits to break. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give you the, the economic reasoning and the logic behind our recommendation. And then you're going to sit there and chew on it and digest it. And then you're going to probably come back with questions and we'll answer those questions. And then we get to the point where, okay, yeah. Okay, Tim, what's the next step? Or how yeah. do we get started or stuff like that? And I prefer to do business that way because listen, when I'm out buying something, whether it's a car or, you know, software or something, I hate to be pressured. Hate to, yeah. hate it. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, there's Ask everybody me out there. hundred percent. hundred percent. I want zero pressure in it. Yeah. I want to be able, you know, I, I want to be able to make the decision, but I need all the information. And this yes. is the problem. People have been making decisions with not all the information. Going yeah. back to that thing on loans, right? Yeah. We've been conditioned to buy money, to, to shop for money using one criteria and one criteria only, and that's interest rate. But now when you think about cash flow, interest rate, tax deductions, et cetera, well, now you're, you've sort of expanded your knowledge. And now the decision isn't, oh, I'll take the lowest interest rate. I'll, maybe it's I'll take the, the, the option that allows me to be in greater control of my cash flow. Mm -hmm. And that's the answer we're hoping for for our clients. Because listen, these these clients of ours, yeah, they 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 put some money in the plans that we recommend, but the excess money that they end up having because they we flip that switch for them, all of a sudden it's like significantly greater than what they're putting away for us, you know, in mm -hmm. our plans. Yeah, all because we changed how they're using their money and how they're looking at things. Yeah. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Tim, thanks so much for being here today. It's been really just an educational experience in having you. And um, I just wanted to thank the listeners. I thank Mike for dropping a question. I know we get lots of people that are listening here, not dropping questions. Go to www.tier1. It's T-I-E-R-1, the number one, capital.com. And if you are on there and you look forward slash the faces of business, you can get your resource guide, your free resource guide from, from Tim and the, the others there at Tier 1. But thanks so much for being here today, Tim. Thanks, everyone else, for, for listening. And we'll be back again next week. Thanks for having me, Damon. You bet. Hang out for a moment, Tim, and we'll talk. Sure.